Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to another episode of the fifth and last NRL World podcast. And uh, what a great weekend of football we've come off from. Unfortunately, a lot of controversy comes from the weekend as well. So uh, another black eye for the game. Not a great thing, but we'll get into the news anyway. I apologise in advance of this episode if I sound a bit crook. Come up with a flu this week. But kicking things off, uh, obviously start with the most obvious one. Blake Ferguson has been charged with indecent assault and deregistered temporarily. Uh, the only good news, I suppose, the Raiders, who have had to let Dugan go previously and Todd Carney, have come out and said they plan to rehab him severely and put in the work. So they're not giving up on jo- uh, Blake Ferguson, but obviously there's going to be a plan put into place, and we are waiting to see how long he's been, as it could be for the rest of the year. So debuting for him, uh, another under-20s product, Semi Salulima on the, the wing this weekend. George Burgess, another black eye for the game. Uh, got drunk on the weekend, wine cans. He was on the cans, grabbed a sign and smashed the front window of a car. He's received a two-match ban and a $10,000 fine. When one twin goes out, the other twin goes in. Tom to debut, and I'm sure this is not the circumstances he wanted to happen under. We obviously have the spitting incident, supposedly at the Manly Bulldogs game. Nothing has been sorted out there, but not great that fans are reacting in such a manner. And the Shandor Earl allegations and... Uh, I'm not saying he's guilty or not, but when a man jumps to his own defense very quickly and is looking to file for defamation claims against the SADA, you'd have to think if he's going to go to that extreme that he's probably innocent, and I hope that is the case. But New South Wales teams announced Dugan in for Jared Hayne, who was injured. Aaron Woods obviously came in for Tarmow after his drinking incident, and Ferguson's incident has opened the doors for merit. So let's hope that these blokes can get the job done. <clears throat> Queensland have finally broken... No loyalty policy after losing the first game. Ashley Harrison and David Shillington have been dropped. Josh Papalis came in, and Daly Cherry Evans on the bench also, and Martin Kennedy named an 18th man. Uh, getting into some signing news, Jamie Soward has been released from the rest of his contract at the Dragons and is moving effective immediately to the London Broncos, the team that just released Craig Gower. Uh, Tyrone Peachy has finally signed a two-year deal with the Panthers. There's been talks going on for a while between them and a battle between the Sharks. So that's worked out nicely for the Panthers. Linked into that one, obviously Isaac John, who is the subject of interest from the Brisbane Broncos, has re-signed for two years. So great news that he's uh, showed a bit of faith to stay. And Nigel Plum and Adam Docker have also signed two extensions at the Penrith Panthers. In some bad news for them, Seeker Manu and Josh Mansell both out for eight weeks apiece. The Panthers just cannot take a trick as far as injuries are concerned. But 
Back to some signing news. The New Zealand Warriors, Glenn Riley, is the newest member of their team to be coming from England. Everyone expecting Tompkins, but Glenn Riley, a front rower from Warrington, will be making his way to the Warriors next year. Albert Kelly inked a new two-year deal with the Titans, so that's great to have him locked up, one of the most exciting prospects. And Luke Bailey inked a new one-year extension. Not quite sure about that one, but uh, the bull, he does go hard. Brett White, one-year extension at the Raiders. James Tarmouse future, under question. $1.6 million deal, and they've questioned uh, his commitment and also being one of the most socially active players out in the town, so we'll have to see what happens there. He might be on his final legs. The Storm have re-signed Justin O'Neill and CC Wunga. Three years for O'Neill, two years for CC Wunga. The Roosters have signed French front row Remy Castille on a two-year deal. He's a former player of Trent Robinson's from when he was at Catalan, so we'll have to wait and see what's going on there. The Barber situation, the Titans have come out and said no. They're only interested in their man Zilman. Brisbane are a maybe, depending on what the Bulldogs do with Israel Folau. The Broncos are looking Siossi Vave and Ryan Bailey, the front row from Leeds. Vave obviously from Storm to build up their forward pack. Uh, Jamie Lyon has assured Manly he's signing a three-year deal. It's not done, but uh, it's all but settled. And also the last bit of news I've got here is Masada Yasufa. He was the only player charged this week besides Dugan. Dugan was obviously had no charge and Yasufa was cleared of his trip. So let's get into the podcast for this week. Start with a fast five. Fast five for this week. Highlight, low light, best, worst in the question. Uh, highlight for me starting off. Bit of two ways here. It was uh, seeing big Paul Vaughan crash over for his first NRL try. Very happy for the big man after he <laughs> earlier early got denied after planting the ball on Seguiaro's face. Yeah. And uh, besides that, it was the, the Woods selection for New South Wales. I was a big advocate for his. I uh, thought he was a bolter for the Australian side. They generally usually pick one. They didn't end up picking any. And I definitely thought he should have been on the bench at least for the first Origin game. So finally, good to see him get a reward. Yeah, agree. Uh, mine was the Manly v Dogs game on Friday night. Had everything. Looked like it was over with 20 to go. Uh, Manly surged back, got it to golden point, and then sadly, Manly got rolled. So it was sort of a bit of a, uh, you know elation with ecstasy for Manly fans. Um, agree with you on Woods. Um, great selection. Uh, and you know I, I think we've probably got a better side barring the selection of, of Merritt. Yeah, well, my low light, uh, couldn't just pick one. It's obviously been a pretty bad weekend, or a bad week in general for the game of rugby league. Uh, where, where do I start? The spinning at the Dogs v Manly game. The Josh Reynolds deciding he was a gymnast and flipping over, ruining the Golden Point game. The referees again, I thought they were horrible. No, well, the referees ruined that game, not Josh And Reynolds. Uh, obviously we have two arrests now. Blake Ferguson getting kicked out of the New South Wales side, uh, charged with indecent... Uh, assault, and now today, big George Burgess got an incredible Hulk, ripped a stop sign off and bashed the front windscreen of a car. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, exactly the same. Off-field incidents, we don't need them, especially this time of the year. It should be uh, should be talking about the positive things, uh, state yeah. of origin, we're halfway through the year. Uh, you know, not good. Yeah, no, it's definitely not helping us. Uh, best for me this weekend, Paul Gallen, after his little stoush and having a bit of a, a time out in, in the naughty corner, he's come back. 250 metres, seven busts, three offloads, a try, a line break, and 24 tackles. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Turn it around for them in the second half, and just special mentions to Jonathan Thurston and Albert Kelly. It's good to see Harves running the ball, and uh, Albert Kelly, wow. Yeah, he was great. 
Uh, he was my player of the week, Albert Kelly. Sensational, probably uh, single-handedly kept the Titans in that game. And I'm going to give a notable mention to Dave Taylor. I thought he really, you know, busted his backside on the weekend. And it'd be good if we could see that form as, you know, Titans fans. Um, I'm sure we'd like to see that form more often. But, uh, you know, so far this season, that's probably, it's by far and away, in my opinion, his best game of the year. Yeah, well, the worst for me, and uh, no holds bar here, it was the Tigers, but in specifics, uh, Benji Marshall. Mm-hmm. Benji Marshall, paper defence, let Scott Prince get away from him, for Christ's sake. The bloke weighs about 50 kilos, had a hold of him, should have power-slammed him. Uh, absolutely terrible fifth tackle options. The bloke was running it when they'd made 30 metres in his own half four or five times, not getting kicks away, uh, and just no involvement whatsoever. If anyone ever wanted to question who was the leader of that side, I think that's pretty obvious. Who's got the heart and who doesn't? It's uh, Robbie Farah. Yeah, definitely. He's the heart and soul. You so. can tell uh, he, there's a notable difference in how the Tigers play in their performance when uh, when Robbie Farah's away. My dunce of the week, Blake Ferguson, you imbecile. Uh, I just started to buy back into uh, him as, as a player, not so much as a person. I, feel, I still think he's cocky as hell. Um, and he's just gone and, and got to the level probably got to the level where he was pushing for uh, you know the number one centre in the game. And now, who knows when he's going to be back. He's just throwing his career on the bonfire again. Yeah, well, no word, obviously, from Canberra. And uh, obviously, Dave Smith are having a meeting well, I today. I don't think Canberra will have a say, really. Well, they're virtually... With like the integrity any, any situation, you get to put forward your case, and they'll yeah. either tell you whether they're happy or not with it. So Yeah, but as long as you, you're, you're aligned with what the integrity unit says... They won't get a choice, but yeah. it's good. I think it's good that it's taken out of their hands. Mind you, Canberra are probably. I think they're the best club at coming forward and just punting players in terms of discipline. They're, they've had so many hard, um, hard outs in Carney, uh, obviously Dugan, and then now probably Ferguson. Um, it just seems seems wrong when, when other other clubs are uh, quick to you know push it under the doormat. Well, this is what I've said before to you, though, and we we'll probably post something up later on in the week. Where does it stop? Why do Canberra produce three rep players that could potentially have delivered them a trophy by now if they're all together, keep getting moved on, and get to walk to another club? I mean, we'll just forget about it. What about Canberra? Where's their all? And people say it's their fault. It's not. Yeah. These blokes. You know what? To... I think this this almost brings a case for a draft, an NRL, an NRL draft, and then if if Canberra. In, in the case of when they've punted Dugan, they've punted Ferguson, they've punted Carney, they should then get a priority pick, like the AFL does. Well, I'll just go back to what I said before. You shouldn't be able to pick somebody up for their contract if they've been sacked or banned unless you're willing to compensate Canberra. So if you're yeah. Todd Carney or you're Blake Ferguson, you've got a two, two years left on your deal, as far as I'm concerned. If you want to go touch him, has to go, obviously to be trade. cleared by the NRL, but you either have to give Canberra somebody to pick up his services or offer him money, uh, monetary value. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should be getting punished, for the, especially those three, when you put them on paper. Yeah, We're talking about a Dally M5-8 who's played for Australia, potentially the best young fullback in the game and could be anything he wants. And the bloke who, is, you know, as many have said, is probably just as good, if not better, than Justin Hodges at the moment. Long term may outdo GI in the centre position. Yeah, They shouldn't be punished for three idiots drinking on their terms and then getting their act together at another club. Yeah, I, I just don't... I don't see how, in you know, the way that the game's formatted and, and administrated at the moment, how they're going to get compensation. They're not going to. Well, they need to sort something out. I, and, I said, and look at if, their side. If, if it's not Imagine money... if they had Dugan and Carney in their Exactly what I'm saying. And they keep producing them, but they get punished. It's like they get in the grade, 
yeah. they get comfortable or they're sick of Canberra or they all want to go to Sydney or Gold Coast or Brisbane. There's places like Melbourne that they generally don't buy, but a lot of people wouldn't move there. You look yeah. at Bo Champion, probably the only big noted kind of player that they've picked up the last couple of years. Well, that, all who that the, left those after one are, season. Those problems are masked for Melbourne because they've got the big three at the moment. Exactly, and as you've said, but they were brought once through. they leave. Yeah. Once they leave, those problems will come up, and they have probably have similar recruitment problems to that of Canberra. And those guys didn't become big names until four or five years in, though. Yeah. They they had no choice but to stay. And obviously, what they've built is why they've stayed. Yeah. But Canberra constantly seemed to produce somebody, and then lose them to Sydney. Yeah. And same as the Warriors. You don't see the Warriors buy, and they have to produce those 20s players because well, no, much one, no one wants to go Warriors. over. Much easier for the Warriors. Yeah. But yeah, Canberra, Melbourne, there's a couple of joints that people don't seem to want to move to. Yeah. So uh, last week's question of the week, and we've got one this week, obviously, but last week was obviously that the Eels were telling 12 players via the PowerPoint in a, a brutal meeting in front of their peers that they were either sacked uh, a ma- on the maybe pile or able to go talk to other clubs and... Did you think that was the right way to go about it? 30, uh, 37 people said no, it was unprofessional, and 29 thought yes. I was obviously on the well, yes. We, yeah, we disagreed on it, but Brock was for on the no. Reasons. Mine was just purely, you get all these players reneging and doing their own thing now, and much the same. They all say it's just business, but if it, it yeah. is business, well, guess what? The clubs get the same right. Yeah, yeah. I can see your point, definitely. But if I was coaching the side, I would have done it differently. Mm. Yeah. And uh, this week's question, This Brock? week's question, uh, we've gone down the track of, obviously, Nathan Merritt's been brought into the New South Wales Origin side for Game 2 to replace uh, Blake Ferguson. What we're asking is, um, we've got a list of a couple of players there. Um, would you have selected Nathan Merritt, or would you have picked Tafua, Idris, uh, I can't think of who the other ones were, Gordon, uh, McManus, or Iwate? So, well, you know, obviously who I was after. Yeah. I thought George Tafua. George Tafua. On form should have been number one, and on number two, on form and being playing, it would have been McManus. Yeah. So that, that's both. That's on both the gossip and the fifth and last pages. So answer it on one of them. We'll, we'll collate the results and, and give you the uh, the results of that next week. And later on in the week, we will put something up in regards to that Canberra situation once we come up with a, a better idea of how to word it yeah. in a way that uh, people can give us feedback and give us a good answer. But. Uh, that's the Fast Five for this week. Now we'll move into our review of the weekend's games. For all the latest rugby league gear, heading to Leagues and Legends. Now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. All right, reviews from the weekend. Kicking off on Friday night with the blockbuster that was uh, spoiled by the whistle and plenty of controversy. A lot of people 50-50 on the, the Josh Reynolds dive or it already being called held. So at the same time, they think it would have been a penalty, followed by Kieran Foreign spray, but 30 all full time, golden point. Going down from a penalty goal, 40 out by former halfback Trent Hodkinson. Mm. Uh, what's your thoughts, bro? Interesting, interesting game, this one. It, it looked like the Dogs just had control for the majority of it. Uh, they then uh, slumped into sort of a power nap, uh, let Manly back into it. And, I, you know, going into Golden Point, all the momentum seemed to be with Manly. Uh, they posted the majority of the points at the back end of the game. Uh, you would have probably sworn that, that Manly would have won the game, but, uh, you know... The Josh Reynolds penalty, whether you think it was or, or wasn't a penalty, uh, I, I think opinions are probably divided because the penalty came in Golden Point, and we're probably all used to not having penalties or decide games in Golden Point. So I think that 
may have caused um, some of the angst from fans, but uh, I thought it was a legitimate penalty. Did I think Josh Reynolds dived and, and probably uh, you know over-exacerbated the movement? Yes, he did, but that's footy. It happens in, in all tackles, in all rucks, so uh, I don't have a problem with it. And, yeah, well. and Kieran Foran didn't have to come in and, and spray the ref and give him the extra 10 metres. I think if they had to take the penalty on the mark, they probably wouldn't have taken the two points. No, they wouldn't have. So, I mean, in the end, Manly led to their own debt uh, demise in that regard. Yeah, well, in regards to that, Jeff Tuvey at the end for the first time probably this year didn't have too much to say other than they need to be better and they need to control their own fate. They uh, had 10-5, the penalty count, in their favour. Yeah. They were 38 from 43 sets. They had 43 sets compared to the Bulldogs' 29. Yeah. 15 extra sets plus five penalty sets. That's 20 sets right there. It's enough ball to win two games. Exactly. Uh, they were very sideways early on, and every time they seemed to be direct, it was through Kieran Foran, and it just confused you, because every time they did straighten up, they got points. Yeah. Uh, the Bulldogs, I thought, had the rub of the green the first 20 minutes. <clears throat> Momentum was all their way. Morris obviously plucks that one out of the air, and then Barber gets one off the, the collision there. So, you know, they're up before Pritchard crashes over. So it's 18 after 20 minutes. Yeah. Manly got their turn of penalties and that for the last 20 and we got one try, as we said. Uh, the moment they straightened up off Kieran Foran, they, he pokes his way halfway through a hole, hits to four, it's 18, six and a half time. But for all of their dominance for their 20 in the back end of that half, it just shows 18 to six. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, I thought probably at half time, Manly had done well to get to 18 to six. Uh, <coughs> I thought, you know, if the Bulldogs could have prevented um, Manly scoring that try and maybe posted another one, it, it would have been all over. Um, but that's mainly that side, aren't they? They're, they're the side that even when you know you skip away to eighteen nil, um, you just you can't write them off, especially at Brookvale. Mm. Um, they they fight hard. They're a tough football side. Uh, I, I don't think they're as flashy as, as what they have been in seasons gone by, and that's probably why we both predicted them to probably finish outside the eight this year. But that grit and grind has won them a lot of games this year, and it, it almost pulled this one out of the fire. Well, mine was more on the injuries, like their best thirteen. He's probably a top four side, but a, a bit lacking in depth this year. And there was a few injuries coming into the year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they've dug out a few more gems. You see Peter Huku playing pretty good football. Tafua's come on the leaps and bounds as well. Uh, you know, someone like Bureau, who played Origin last year, he's kind of fallen out of the picture. But uh, Justin Horro, bargain buyer, Tom Simons, a couple of these guys have plugged those holes that we thought they would have struggled to. But yeah, another, he was excellent again the, the other night, Justin Horro. Yeah, most definitely. But. Second half kicked off, you, you know, you kind of thought 18-6, to six, if they got that kind of ball again and they straightened things up, they might peg the dogs back. But uh, great long-distance try, one of the better ones uh, for the Bulldogs this year. Looked a bit more like 2012. Reynolds just crabbed across. Noah moved up on him, got himself a bit of an overlap there. Inu went through the hands, give it back to Reynolds, and uh, they put Barber over, like I said, very, very 2012. 24-6, they're out. There's no way that you're sitting there at that point in time thinking... Manly are going to come back back into this game. But uh, a few calls. Barber, they had a bit of an argument about this one. Uh, Thought he got out of the in goal. Yeah. Got put back in from that ensuing set. Uh, They grabbed one back. Justin Horro off that cracker pass from Bura, who, as we said, you know, a bit of a mystery this year. But Justin Horro definitely flying. More controversy, the the short try from Josh Reynolds. I think uh, we both agree that he didn't score that one. Yeah, but but with the process of the video referee, and a lot of people blowing up about that. <clears throat> it's the doubt. The process of the referee, he awarded try mm. when he went upstairs. So there, there was, I, 
and a lot of people probably argue this as well, that there was a conclusive angle to say he was short. But you got to remember, the ball only has to hit one blade of grass with yeah. paint on it, and it's a try. Well, I still, um, still don't think he got there. But, yeah, for everyone out there that's been complaining, that's... Yeah, but could you tell 100% that he didn't get there? Well, I'm pretty bloody certain he didn't okay. get there. I, well, thought, I, I thought it was pretty obvious. I thought uh, I thought the process probably let, let it down. Um, you know, I thought the process in that case failed, um, you know, what the decision should have been. The, the, the process determined what the decision was going to be in that instance. Yeah, well, we all know how men they react in these situations. When their backs are against the wall, they tend to fire up, and uh, they certainly did. They got a run on the fifth and last, coincidence there, run down the short side by Foran, <laughs> feeds it to Matai, Tafua, back into Foran, hits Matai again, gives it to Cherry Evans, who plows over in the corner, 30-18 before you know it. Ten minutes later, they're absolutely shot in the forwards. Cherry Evans out of dummy half. No one even got near him. That was yeah. a disgusting try, that one. And uh, before you know it, full time, if you want to pull one out of the bag, Kieran Foran tries to banana one back inside, hits a set of hands, lands straight in front of Stevie Maddow to crash over. Well, I think it was Reynolds' hand. Yeah. They were having a running battle all night. Exactly. <laughs> and that's probably a bit of karma to him for yeah. you know nicking that short one. But And same as that try. That's a bit of a fluky try to yeah. kind of drag it back. But it all equals out. Jamie Lyon from the sideline, he's been kicking like an absolute bastard, none from four against Canberra. Yeah. Decides he wants to hit five from five to know it. Yeah. Kicks it from the sideline and... Uh, you've, you've barred him from your fantasy team yeah. this week and he slots five from five. And like I said, it all finished with a big controversy. Uh, we can argue both ways. I, I agree that he dived. I'm not arguing with anyone on that point, but at the same time, when they caught held, they had him up in the air. They didn't look like they were going to let go of him. And uh, I think either way, I think Shane Hayne probably would have blown that penalty. Yeah. And the 10 metres from Kieran Foran was the icing on the cake. Yeah. They, they, you that, don't think they would have them. taken that shot. Yeah, you, I, I'm not happy with it. Uh, I'm not happy with it. Don't get me wrong. I wish the ref stayed out of it. But at the same time, you can't just yeah, but why? hang him why, in the why air. Do, and, why do we play for and eight minutes and have referees blow penalties? And then in Golden Point, saying, nah, we'll just let the players decide it. Mm. I think that mentality should flow over for the first 80. Mm. Let the players decide it. Um, and you won't even get to Golden Point. And, and if you do, the same thing applies. I, I just think, um, you know, too many games are decided by referees and it's it's wrong or by penalty counts. How many coaches do you hear week in, week out, get into the presser and whinge about the penalty count or whinge about how the ruck was interpreted or whinge about, you know, just the referees that are trying to take too much control of games, they just need to, if they need to blow the whistle, blow the whistle. But otherwise, don't blow it. Mm. You know, that's why we get so many good games in origin because the game's allowed to flow. Uh, you know, and plays fatigue. Yeah, well, like I said, 38 from 43, 10-5 penalty count. They had 20 extra sets. They should have won the game twice. Uh, 2v agreed with that. Dogs took their chances from the, the very minimal amount of ball that they had, so good on them. Mainly two sideways. Need to straighten things up, and uh, they play best when they do play direct and aggressive. But as far as the Dogs were concerned, Trent Holdkinson come back to bite on the backside. He kicks the game winner. Three try assists. He's been in great form. Reynolds obviously nicked one that uh, probably wasn't and a couple of try assists. Uh, James Graham, yeah, you can't come up with any more superlatives for that bloke. Man of the match, him and Tolman. Thought Finnegan was great off the bench. And, uh, Benny Barber obviously got his long-distance try, but uh, Manly, Foran, Cherry Evans, they took control of that game. It was a little too late. Watt Mao, uh, you know, Horro's solid again, and I really think that Matai and Tafua is probably one of the deadliest edges in the comp along with Foran. Yeah. So in, in terms of that, uh, we'll leave that one behind. Hopefully no more controversy moving forward. But the other Friday night game, the Cowboys got back on track big time with a, a good win over the St. George Dragons. Uh, this one for me, 
Jonathan Thurston, where have you been? Yeah. Where's that been? The, the running Jonathan Thurston. I've been saying it all year that all I had in my head since the day it happened was the year he stole that Dalian medal and he watched him play at Penrith Park and they were down by 12 or 14. And I think he scored twice, set one up, and he was just streaming through holes. He used to cut seams, throw that dummy, back himself. And I think that's the main reason why, even with a lack of support, he hasn't been going as well this year. No. He just hasn't run the football. And Yeah, yeah he may have been, been carrying injured. injured or not, but yeah. that one week seems to have him an absolute miracle. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, well, he had, maybe, the week, he had the weekend off. Or maybe so he hadn't played since Origin. Yeah, well, that, that too. He hasn't played since Origin 1. So he sort of had, we had uh, a 10-day turnaround, nine-day turnaround, uh, and he'll have another nine or 10-day turnaround um, heading into Origin 2. So I think, you know, one game in, in sort of 20 days, that's obviously going to help, um, especially with, you know, I think the birth of his child obviously was stressing him out a little bit as well. Um, so with all that now off the table, uh, he can just focus on his footy. He just looked... Um, as you said, straightened up, ran the ball, kicked well, controlled the side, did enough to get them the win. Um, and it just shows that, and he probably, he probably, he's not at 100%, he's probably at 75%, but it just shows you the effect he can have on that side mm. when he's playing at his best. And that's why the criticism for Neil Henry is ridiculous. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Because if Thurston's at 100%, we're not even talking about it, they're in the top eight. Um, but he's been off his game, and he'd probably be the first to admit that. No Bowen off the um, game. Exactly. No one. They've got a halves partner now, Louis. Even Melvin Inga said it after Origin 1. Like, Thurston isn't playing well. Yeah, he's uh, not. You know, and I don't understand why, you know, Neil Henry suddenly gets the gun pointed at him for that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's a results-delivered business yeah, know, regardless but, of what's going on. But uh, Well, they've had plenty of good results over the last couple of years, and the season's not even, well, it's halfway through. I think it's more the frustration of that roster. This was supposed to yeah. be... It, this was supposed to be the big year. But and he hasn't been helped out by, uh, you know, imbeciles like James Tarmier. Yeah, well, that seemed to have given a bit of spark the other night uh, after he went. Yeah. Matt Scott definitely picked up the slack. It was a, it was a cruddy game. It, oh, it wasn't was. a great game to watch. And it started off in the worst possible fashion. You know, they're only a couple of minutes in. You thought, here we go again. Graham yeah. lets a bomb go and Morris nicks a try. But, yeah, as we said, JT hits a nice hole. Then Louis chucks one across the face. They nick a try straight back. Yep. Not long later, you know, I think uh, Ray Thompson at nine, that's probably a good going forward. He's a great defender. Well, yeah, they need they need someone. And he can get out. Of, similar uh, to Ferguson. Uh, not Ferguson. Similar to, uh, I'm thinking Chico is in um, Seguiaro. Chico yeah. Ferguson. But um, no, they need someone similar to Seguiaro. He was really effective with them last year. Mm. Gets them rolling forward. Gets those big forwards over the advantage line. And gets um, creates plenty of space for Thurston. Because if you've got a guy that runs out of nine, it holds up those middle defenders. And, and we'll, that's what they've been missing. The, we'll, the bloke they bought from England, he's he's carrying ten kilos of uh, you know. Well, he white, he's come after having drinking Scott problems Moore, over there. So I think Scott Moore's yeah. probably turned up here, and I don't know if he's obviously well, going to take ten off him. He obviously hasn't got over his problems because I seen him over in England. He was a bit lighter before yeah. he had his uh, issues on the drink. Yeah, and he was a gun. He really was. He got out of dummy half. He probed, but yeah, you're right. He's come here. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's carrying two, ten kilo too much timber. God knows what's going fella. on there. But uh, put the eight on. I, I like Ray Thompson. I do. I like yeah, Ray's so seven. He's a great. great he 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 tackled great when he was in the halves. Absolutely outstanding. So I think that's why that nine is the only suits issue him. for them. That is the only issue. He's, he's going to be defending him in the middle, and he is injury prone. Well, he's got bad shoulders, but yeah. I still think, as far as his defence is concerned, you shouldn't be worried about that. I think he's a fantastic defender. Well, you can, and you can easily hide him on an edge. You've got Dallas Johnson, uh, um, you've got Tarek Sims, you've got guys that you can push into the middle. 
next thing you know, he's the one who sparked the next try, which is why I like it, because they virtually get a third ball player. You know you're getting a ball player. Yeah. He does a wraparound with Louis. Greenshields crashes through. Uh, some called for an obstruction, but uh, I thought that was pretty straightforward. It was just a bad read. Louis definitely a long-term number seven. There's no doubt about that. He gives uh, Jonathan Thurston someone who can run as well as take control, and he's not afraid to take control, Robert Louis. So no. that was a positive. Apart from bashing his wife, um, yeah, yeah, well, there's not there's not much wrong yeah. with Robert Louis. With all his troubles there, you'd like to think that he... Defensively, he's, he's ordinary, but most yeah. of them are. It wasn't too long after that. Unfortunately, they let Wayman crash over on his first run on the field. Yeah. So 10 or at half time. Uh, you're still a little bit worried at that point. They seemed prone to uh, you know just leaking points or letting the game slip away. but Well, they did so much more defence than what the Dragons did, mm. the Cowboys. It was still a very rusty performance, but uh, they, they got the W. Mm. Well, JT, again, second half, gets involved, sets up uh, a nice kick there, which Lynette crashes over. He's a giant human. Good stuff for them. It's about 20 minutes there where they just grind it away. Nothing too much was happening. Bit is set for set, and then Dugan, Josh Dugan, wow. Yeah. The bloke catches it. There's nothing doing from the kick. Makes a line break, just takes it all the way back up the other end of the field. Morris backing it up as any uh, good speed man should do, and they hand that off to Cray. At that point, you're starting to think 16-all, we might have a bit of a golden point. But yep. uh, JT again, great ball play. Louis puts him through a hole. Uh, Hall, I think Glenn Hall gets a lot of credit for that. He ran an awesome decoy, which drew two blokes to come in for that one. Yep. Chips Dugan, who smacks him in the face. Obviously, that, that all panned out pretty well for him. He's in the origin side, but... Tate scores that try, and that ends up being the end of the game. Mm-hmm. A few late scares, but uh, well, they, they, they got they the made, job done. Uh, 70 more tackles in the second half, the Cowboys. For mm. that last 10 minutes, they just handed the Dragons a ball on their line and said, attack us, uh, but we're not going to give in. So it was, a, it was a real, I thought it was a defensive, grinding performance from the Cowboys, one that you, you probably don't associate with their side over the last couple of years. Mm, well, 30 errors in that one, very windy and a very ad-lib yeah. game. There was no doubt about that, but... Uh, as I've said in many weeks, St. George win the offloads. They won it again 18-5, to five, yeah. but so many of their offloads, the problem is they're going backwards or they're flat. It's not in a real dominant position. So as much as they're playing that ad-lib style of football, it's not always effective. They need to punch a little bit more or yeah. have bodies pushing yeah, if through. If you're offloading going sideways, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, as good exactly. as passing it. As soon as they get into contact, they seem to get rid of it, but they're not taking advantage for a team that's offloading that much. No. Uh, well, it's good for us. We got the charity bet up, so yeah, got the um, Cowboys. Three out of four, going well. Yeah, well, JT, great game, couple of assists. Hopefully, going forward, him and Louis, he got another two. Uh, Thompson at nine. I think that right there could almost be their spine. Whether that includes Green Shields or Bowen is another story, but I think Green Shields is a pretty at solid moment, player. At the moment, they have to stick with Green Shields. Mm. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of help from Scott and Bolton, Matt Scott and uh, Scotty Bolton. Lynette, pretty good. Uh, on the Dragon side of things, who else but uh, Josh Dugan? Bloke's mm. an absolute weapon. He, uh, 240 metres, was a menace. And Merrin, as usual, running around. Frizzell. And I think Chase Stanley, I know they've uh, just let Seard go back to England. He's going to be finishing the year off for the London Broncos. But Chase Stanley's just given him the one thing that Jamie Seard didn't, which is uh, a bit of direction. And he's just taken the ball to law. Yeah. I, I don't know whether that's going to work long term, I think. Oh, not long term, uh, you know, for, for now. No, I think probably for the next month or so it'll work. And I think you might see young Drinkwater come up for the last sort of uh, eight weeks of the season to, to prep into next year, especially if they can't make the eight, the Dragons. Well, I thought he already should have been in there. Why are they wasting their time? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're hoping that this combination can get them into the finals, but it's not I can't see it happening. It's not happening. I think that them, the Tigers, can pretty much pen themselves, same as Parramatta. 
Yeah. Uh, the Warriors, we only won a couple of weeks ago. We thought we could ride off. They're obviously on the climb right now. Yeah. And Origin's probably going to be pretty kind to them. So I have to wait and see what happens there. But Saturday night, Canberra down in Canberra. Ten in a row now, and obviously not this year. I think that's their fifth or sixth home game, but they've won all of them. Yeah. Uh, even the stats pretty much lean towards the Panthers. They had 11-5 in the penalty count, uh, but they had 37 misses to 17. So that's enough right there. You can't miss that many tackles. Well, I've said to you since the start of the year, Penrith are going to be a side that won't go away. And they didn't go away in this game. They were just outclassed. Yeah, Canberra I was better to say that. The Canberra same, were brilliant. Same um, time as them not going away, I think Canberra only needed to play for 20 minutes to win that game. They pretty much coasted as far as I was concerned. Yeah, maybe in attack they did. I thought defensively Campbell was, were pretty good. Um, but, I mean, Penrith had a lot of close chances. They, they could have put on a few more tries. The game could have got interesting. But you just never felt Penrith were going to win no. that game. Canberra could put their foot down at any point. The problem is I think they need to do it for at least 60 to 70 against lesser opponents. No yeah. offense to the Panthers. They don't have play, got plenty of injury problems. Obviously, Mansour ended up going off. Marnie's going to be out for another eight weeks as well. Yeah. Missing plenty as it is. But Canberra... With the strike power they've got, uh, we'll have to wait and see how they, they pan out now that Fergo's gone. He's been a big reason why they've, they've sparked up, and obviously yeah. Campisi being back. But uh, early on, you speak of those two, Campisi was just chucking up disgusting bombs for Travis Robinson, and he was having a terrible time. Yeah, Blake Ferguson snatched one, put him in the lead, and uh, they, they even had to give Travi the hook for a little bit, I think, just to have a chat to him and see what the bloody hell was going on, because it was raining, and yeah. he was not having a good time. That's obviously something that they'd uh, done some video on and felt they could expose him, and, and they did. Yeah, well, the poor bugger had to watch his brother cross over not long after off one of his own drops. They yeah, just well, that was poor defence from Skimmed down the edge one. there, 12 zip. Penrith got on a, a bit of a roll and a, a nice shift there to the right. They planted it in the corner, and that's all I think you can give thanks to having Moylan back in. He really pieces that back line together, yeah. him and Isaac John. So, uh, you know, they, they did drag themselves back into 12-6, but... Half-time, good old Falcon try. They had plenty of people that were blowing up about that one. Yeah, it may be a bit of I'd, a... I'd like to see that taken out of the rule book. At, at the moment, the rule book says that that's a try, and, and mm. there's been a couple. There's always one or two of those a year. Yeah. I'd like to see it taken out of the rule book. It's the same as <coughs> sort of uh, you know, throwing the ball up in the air, tapping the ball over someone's head. I don't think you should be rewarded for not being able to catch a ball properly and, and having the luck that it whacks you on the melon. Yeah, well, then you can, you can score... <laughs> You know, you take that try out of it, and it's an 18-12 game. It's 18-6, uh, it's a, it's a different... so 12-6. Yeah, but I mean, at the, at the end of the game, it's 24-12. It's 18-12 full-time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it makes it a different different sort of game. I, I'd like to see it taken out of the rule book. Yeah, well, second half, they're down 18-6. An early kick. Uh, Simmons just missed it. I thought he was very close to getting a try there. That would have clawed them right back into things. And uh, not long after that, I, I was obviously very, very happy. See Big Vaughn, he got denied by... Seguiaro's head, but it didn't take too long for the big man. Brett White, nice tip. Uh, a lesson for all good forwards out there that if you take numbers to the line, you can uh, take a bit of attention away from yourself. And he yeah. drags it out to 24-6. Uh, you know, there was a no try on the 66th minute, Shandor. Oh, what a flick pass that was. I really was really hoping, like most people, when you see brilliance like that, that it was going to get awarded. But unfortunately, he bumped it into Travis beforehand, so it was denied. Not long after that, you see exactly the same thing. Robinson denied off Manu. Yeah. And then Simmons gets a bit lucky later on, gets a bit of a deflection, hits him off the chest, jumps over. Well, that's the same as the, uh, same, similar to the Papali one. Mm. Like, well, should that, you get rewarded for that? It's a, I don't know. I, I'd like to see both of those tries disallowed. I, I don't see how you get rewarded for, for that. 
Yeah, well, 24-12 it finishes up. Uh, Ten in a row, like I said, at home for Canberra. Fairly even for the most way through, but you, you, like I said, I still think it's more the strike power of Canberra. They could have put their foot down. They didn't. They need to learn how to. But uh, going forward again, Dugan and potentially now Blake Ferguson, so two awesome uh, yeah. attacking weapons, potentially not going to be going into the finals campaign. And uh, they, they need those kind of blokes helping them push forward for a title. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Ferguson situation will probably determine their season. Mm. And Penrith, they're just getting killed by injuries. It's Mansoor and yeah. Manu now, and you can definitely yeah, but... tell that they're missing their front rowers in McKendry and Timmy Grant. Yeah, Penrith know that. Penrith fans know that. The club knows that. Um, it was always going to be that type of year, but uh, if you said to them, this is how many injuries you're going to have, and these are the results you're going to post, they'd be, they'd be wrapped with, with yeah. how they're going on field, considering they are, they're rebuilding. Yeah, well, the benefits is you look at the, the players that are playing well, and they're all the ones they've brought in. Exactly. So, Moylan, class again. Seguiaro proves that he's a fantastic boy. I uh, thought Plum and Matt Robinson, the back row, again, yeah. very good for them. And uh, your favourite, David Simmons, gets a double. Yeah, good on you. You love him, mate. Campo, Camper. He's on the end of a good back line, put it that way. Terry Campese, I think uh, that's a worry for a lot of teams if he keeps warming up the way he does. He's been fantastic the last couple of weeks. Jackie Whiten and Fergo, I'd unfortunately mentioned his name after the stupidity that's ensued. Josh Papali has also been picked for origin. He put his stamp on that game big time. All the forwards did. White, Tills, Forney, everyone come on for them and just did a job. I don't know whether he's going to handle origin, but that's something we'll uh, discuss next week. The pace of origin more so. No, it I'm... looks like he gets gassed in NRL games and goes looking for a, a spell. So they'll have to Queensland will have to use him in short stints, that's for sure. Oh, he plays 80 minutes for Canberra, yeah. so I don't think you're going to have to be too worried about him playing 30 to 20 minutes probably for uh, Queensland. Well, if I'm New South Wales, I'm working him over, put it that way. Oh, well, like I said, 80-minute player, I don't think he's going to have any problems in a short stint. But the other Saturday night game, uh, no surprises how this one turned out. Eels giving a bit of false hope to their fans again before getting blown away. 14 to 6 at half time, 32 14 full time, 42 misses to 15, 18 offloads to 7, and line breaks were 5 to 1. So everything points in favour of the Sharks. Didn't matter what they got heaped on them, they did have a slow start. Uh, Parramatta did post uh, a try nice and early there. Uh, it's just. Yeah, I, from I, an ice back line, that was good. It was good a good back line movement, it really um, was. But the question I've got to ask is, where where is Parramatta's uh, game plan or style of footy that they were implementing in the first couple of weeks gone? Yeah, well, was, Kicking on the 40, yeah. uh, you know, chasing hard, moving to the edges early in the set. It just seems like they've gone back to the uh, same old boring as batshit style that they've implemented for the last two years. Yeah. Um, we, we had a look at some stats after this game, and, and you come up with one that they... Pass the ball the least, and they make the most errors. Mm. In the NRL, they, Which is they why they're on the bottom of the table. Second last in offloads, yeah. and they're last in movement in general play. So yeah. that's not offloads, that's just general passing. But they have made the most errors. So yeah. they drop more cold ball, make more stupid errors. Pat O'Hanlon, high fives to you, champion. A couple of cold drops on the weekend. Yeah. That kind of play on the first and second tackle in your own half is just unforgivable. Yeah, exactly. And those basic fundamental errors that you should not be making as a first grader, getting the ball in two hands, focusing on carrying it, putting it away when you're hitting the line, they just don't do it. That's a spray game for me from Shane Flanagan. I would not have been happy with how no. the Sharks started the game. Well, especially the first half. You have a no try, and then they let them go. You go uh, down the whole half field. Time, they went the whole six. field after that no try to Fecky to yeah. score that first try, and it was a it was a nice play, but down a short side, no one should be getting down a short side for, on a full spread yeah. from right to left. Uh, you know, It went into a bit of a grind after that for about 20 minutes, and Wade Graham... 
absolutely outstanding. Great line break. Feeds Jeff Robson, who's just one of those players that you can always expect to have your back and grind his way through. 24th, Bo Ryan. I couldn't believe the save he made on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan looks certainty to go over. Yeah. I I still can't get over it right now. I've seen it in my head. He even stumbled himself when he tackled Matty Ryan. So, yeah. uh, Wow. Bo Ryan's playing good footy. I I know a couple of people have brought up his name for origin selection. Even he wouldn't look out of place in an origin jersey at the moment, the way he's playing. Especially with the amount of just dirt work he does out of dummy half for Cronulla. And he... Gets a lot of quick play the balls for them and gets them going forward early in their sets. Well, he played really well at fullback, that's for sure. He had a great game. Yeah. But uh, Chase Blair, nice ball to uh, Willie Arme. Gets his first try in first grade. I, I was really impressed by that. That's yeah. more of what I remember of him when uh, playing in the Roosters under 20s. Obviously, coming into first grade, he's a monster. He's the kind of bloke that needs to do things like that more often. Yeah. But, uh, they go penalty, 14-6 halftime. I'm with you. Shane Flanagan. If I'm him right there, that's broken furniture stuff, punching the whiteboard, you name it. Yeah. Whatever I've got to do to get my point across. Especially but. when you play Parramatta, and a lot of sides have found this out, if you can just get over Parramatta in the first 20, it sets it up for the rest of the game. But mm. so many sides, and the Roosters did it the week before. The Roosters went down 12-0, found themselves in just an absolute scrap for the rest of the game. Uh, the week before that, um, they obviously played the Titans, and the Titans just ran all over them early. Got over them early, and... Put fifty on them in the end, or forty-six, or whatever it was. But um, and and the Titans aren't immune to that either. I mean, we played them earlier in the year, let them get away to fourteen-six or whatever, and, and we found ourselves in a scrap. Uh, I think for sides coming up against Parramatta, you need to uh, you, know, you know you need to get over them in the first twenty. It's very important. Yeah, well, I, I just could not believe it to be honest. Get that back row they have, have that side to come out the second half, and have just cop things the way they did, but. First set, I think, sets up the mood of what Flanagan probably got across. Gallon had the kickoff, the tap, and then the try. And then it was about 30 minutes, I think, of just ruthless momentum. They got repeat sets. They got the rub of the green and the penalties. Uh, they just marched up and down, four unanswered tries. They bloodbathed in the second half. They didn't look like they had any opportunities. And in particular, there was two tries that I absolutely loved. Luke Lewis's nice short ball to Tupo, and then he gave one off again to Robson, doing whatever good half should do supporting. And then later on in the piece, Paul Gallen calls Todd Carney on an overcall on a short side. Yeah. They go through the hands. Uh, you know, Nathan Stapleton with a lovely chip kick. Couldn't believe he got that one back. Yeah, that was that was a nice try. Very nice try. But for me, I, it's a bit of a I don't care game, that one. It's Parramatta and uh, Sharks were ordinary in my books. Mm. Oh, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. No points second half. They, they copped a beat down old Parra. And the Sharks weren't great either, but... I think that still shows the position that Parramatta's in with the rebuild. Yeah. You only need to play a couple, you know, 20, 30 minutes. They put on them nonstop and uh, four unanswered tries. They were leaking like a Well, they're, uh, they're learning. They're young and they're learning Parramatta. But for me, it's just good to see him bringing in some younger players, blooding them, uh, you know, short-term loss for long-term gain. Yeah, well, you stand out to pretty straightforward. I already gave Gallon my player of the week. He was absolutely massive in that game. Wade Graham. Do you think he pads his stats, bud, in, that, in those games? Oh, he does pump it up a bit, but hey, who was uh, getting on the ball? Who was controlling it? Yeah, oh, I agree. I, I thought I agree. Lewis looked. Uh, I don't. I don't understand it since he's got to the Sharks. He kind of looks like he sits on that edge. In that Origin game, he yeah. absolutely exploded. He needs to have that attitude. And it was. I don't know if it's just me, but I thought Fafita looked injured. He had a strapped yeah, knee, just... and a lot of the time he hit the line. He didn't look like he was keen to get in a, a wrestle or a bit of a contest. He still made over a hundred meters and had a pretty good game, but. He didn't look to have the same springy step, so I don't know whether the strap knee is something to go by, but, uh, yeah, I thought the halves, halves and especially Graham and Gallon really carried him in that game. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. On the Parramatta side of things, well, God, what, what, are, you, what are you supposed to say? Lussick probably had his best game. It's about the only positive I can take out, 150 metres and a couple offloads. But uh, they're spine, they're really lacking depth, and it's pretty simple. They're in a rebuilding phase, and hopefully long-term, we've said it a million times, Penrith and Parra, two teams you need to see up near the top, especially with the junior they've got out here. Yeah, well, Penrith are a long way ahead in their rebuild than what Parra are. Mm. give you the tip. Well, the Sunday shootout up at Barlow Park in Cairns, and this was my favourite game of the weekend. Absolute tri-fest. South's home game it was. They uh, beat the Titans 30-24. to It very well could have been a Titans victory if Albert Kelly could have snatched one of those two late line breaks into a try. Idris knees one over the dead ball line, unfortunately, and then Kelly tries to beat his cousin, Greg Inglis, and can't get around the outside. But uh, it was a bit of an error fest, a bit of a loose game. There was uh, 12 and 14 each in the error count, but my God, it was exciting. Yeah, it was a good game, but I just never felt that the Titans were going to win it. Uh, the Titans went 0 for 7 to start the second half uh, and just threw themselves under the bus. The fact that they even had a chance to win the game at the end was uh, incredible with the amount of ball they gave away uh, and just gifted it to South on their own try line. Um, as a Titans fan, I was happy with it. I was, I was happy with the performance. I, I thought we would have got dusted by more, but um, in the end take a little bit out of it, but we still lost. So, yeah. And I don't think South were at their best. Yeah, well, you take out one of those tries, you're back in it. That first try with GI just crashed over the softy. Yeah, it was soft. That's enough to bring you back straight in, you know. Gordon got a nice one off Caesar on the grabber. I thought your halves were very good. Uh, I thought our tries were, were much... Uh, we had to work a lot harder for our tries, create mm-hmm. a lot more for our tries, whereas... They got a couple South of kicks. Just, yeah, kicks and... and well, they, they probably scored the try of the <clears> season so far. Oh. Dylan Walker's trial is the try of the season. I haven't seen one better than that. Yeah. Um, I was clapping and then realised I was it was against my team. But yeah, well, um, that's that's just footy, you know. That, that was a great try. The hands leading to it, the shift down the left hand side, then a couple of sets of hands back into the middle for the the Reynolds kick. That yeah. was a <clears throat> absolute thrill. That one. Uh, I was also a big fan of the Zilman try. Yeah, nice play there. A bit Melbourne like they went in and out. Big joy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Roger Burgess, not the best lateral movement. Yeah, they exposed him, an A defender. Could not believe uh, Zilman getting past GI. He usually manhandles blokes. Uh, oh, GI's having still in his nap, mid-season nap. So. Mm. Uh, but Zilman pinned his ears back to his credit. GI got to him but just missed him. Mm. Well, 18 all at half time. The first half was a shootout. Expect nothing different in the second half, but another soft try. Bit of an offload as Tazi gets a jump over. Uh, Teo's hole was very nice. Yeah, but that, that all came in the, in that period that I was talking about. They mm. went 0 for 7. Uh, it was a miracle they probably didn't concede four or five tries in that period. Mm. Uh, South rolled the ball and got some repeat sets. and uh, yeah, just that, That's where the game was won or lost. That's what Cardi said in the pressure as well. And, um, you know, Even uh, Michael Maguire said you know, that that was probably the difference in the game. So... Uh, moving forward, we play them again in a couple of weeks, I think. So Now, what about um, Albert Kelly? My good. Yeah, since he was probably the best player on the field. He scores twice to bring you guys back in. Those two last line breaks, I was heartbroken for him. I thought for sure one of those would have stuck, but three line breaks, a couple of tries, nine busts. He's by far at the moment the most electrifying halfback in the competition. Yeah. Isaac Luke got the three LM points, but 
someone, whoever was watching that game, someone impartial no, told mate. me that he was, he was better than Kelly. Kelly, uh, even in a losing side for me, gets the three. Yeah. Caesar was pretty good, and Dave Taylor. Uh, on the south side of things, Sutton, uh, Reynolds got the four tries here, most of them off kicks, but I still think he's uh, you know gone a bit of a lull. I know maybe his confidence is a bit dented from the, the origin setup, and obviously they've got the win, but I don't know if Laurie Daly or anyone's caught him, but surely someone would have put a call through at least. Not to pump his tyres up, but radar. just to let him know that yeah. you probably are the next one in line. And as we all should know, that this is pretty much Mitchell Pearce's series. If he doesn't win this one, yeah. this may be the end of him. But I don't know if he's been caught or not. But I thought, I thought you'd easily have to have at least tried to pump him up because he looks like he's hurting a little bit. Mm. Yeah, um, it's, all, it's also that he's, he's only a young fella. Yeah, um, he's got his knee strapped as well, so I don't, I don't know whether um, whether he's having knee problems. But well, he's more than well compensated for with Sutton and Luke around him. They yeah. were both pretty good, definitely. Well, and then you got Inglis at fullback. You got a monster forward pack. So. Yeah, Tio and the Burgesses again, as always. They are well, Sam. He Sam had about had eighteen chances to score tries and well, couldn't. His general trouble. his general game besides the two drops. Oh, yeah, sensational. As always, sensational. they could have really put a hurt on you guys. They could have had twenty points up nice yeah, and early. But well, they should have. Yeah, but they didn't. So didn't do the job. I don't know whether that's because they were off or because our defence was was good in scramble. But for the Titans now, we go to Melbourne. We're gonna we're gonna roll you guys this week without the big three. If we can't do that, we might as well just. Well, you don't go to Melbourne. We come to you. Oh, sorry, up, up wherever it doesn't matter. So that, that's definitely a help. But now we move on to that Storm game, sixteen fourteen. Obviously, I'm stoked. We never win during the Origin period, so yeah. Uh, any extra bacon we pick up, I'm just absolutely thrilled. It was a hard game to watch this one. It was a stinker. Um, it was a slow a start, yeah, that's for sure. just grinding, uh, error-riddled game, um, a, a traditionalist game, that's for sure. But on a Sunday Arvo, I found myself in the lounge nodding off a little bit during this one. Yeah, well, here's the key stat for you. I said it the other week. Melbourne lost every error count for the first nine or ten games. Yeah. Again, four errors. This is the second week in a row that we've done this. 35 from 39. I know we only won by two, but we didn't burn as much petrol. Uh, we had enough in the tank to, to get the job done. No Cooper Cronk, that definitely showed. Brett Finch's kicking game, uh, pretty ordinary. Yeah, and they blooded a lot of young fellas on the bench as well. It was our fifth debutant, Mitchell Garbutt. So uh, similar to a Paris situation as far as trying to build a squad when you want to hold on to those three players. But yeah. I think they've done a pretty good job. Toe Harris is definitely a, a long-term part of that. We've still got Hoffman and, and the big three for a couple more years. Bromwich, uh, a couple of young blokes, Slate Griffin, so... Proctor, all those guys hanging in there together. Most of them have come through our 20s and ball systems. So I'm more than happy for them to keep blooding these kids if the results keep coming. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, Lay Lua, very soft early on. I couldn't believe they let him in on that one. He was almost standing still. It was a weird try. Before he spun, and he was right next to the sideline. Uh, gave himself a bit of a whatever. Uh, I think that kind of put a bit of fire in the belly. Uh, they got their own little run of momentum. Melbourne got down the other end. Bobby Blair, I think, has been fantastic plugging that left side. Runs a nice line, Bobby oh, Blair. Very good defensively, too. He's tied that problem up for us, but he goes through off Widop. Uh, I'll, I'll give credit to Jared Mullen. He obviously did a bit of video during the week because Melbourne do like to play that up and in and then uh, try and compensate if you go around the outside. And he put a beautiful banana in again, which was Lay Lua. He had Wunga, two men in. I thought that was a great kick. And they got a penalty as well. They, they were 14-6. I thought if they took that to halftime, they should have been pretty confident, but... Late in the piece, it happened again. A nice little shift there, and Wanga gets a try. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the typical problem that has been well, all they year. They almost scored again before uh, half time. Oh, they did. Slater dropped one over the line that could have easily been another try, and they could yeah. have led it half time. And the, uh, that contest, he had a few bumps on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he, he looked injured first half, but come to form, yeah. he uh, scored the winner. 
But I, I just, at half time, I had the same thing in my head that I've had the last couple of weeks. How many times this year do you think Newcastle have led and gone down? I think it's at least four or five now. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't, they don't take much into that. Like, it's half time, who cares? But at the same time, you you get out there, you're getting on a roll early, you take that momentum, then they just seem to give it away. Second half, I don't know what it is. They don't seem to have the nows, whether it be mentally or an attack or why can't they do what they did early on? Why won't they try? Winning's a a habit. Losing's a habit. You need to expose. They're in a habit of not closing games out. Well, they found luck on our left edge twice. They got a kick. They got us with the ball. They were making uh, a bit of leeway. So why stop going for it? I I don't understand. Last week, they had the, the Dragons they should have put away. Numerous times, and yep. they get a scrappy chance near the yeah, end. Yeah, but if you hang around in games long enough, you're going to get rolled. You're going to get bitten. Second half, like exactly what we said, pretty boring. There wasn't many opportunities, but Hoffman runs that beautiful, dirty line back in the middle. Yeah. Pops an arm free. Billy goes over. Uh, I'm stunned. That's three in a row. Two around the origin period, so I think South's... Yeah, but I think they've got a better origin draw this year than what they did last year. Put it that way. Well, our buyers aren't convenient, though. We're still playing during the origin period. Yeah. But to win with our players still wasn't happening last year, so I'll take anything. Yeah. We lost seven in a row last year, so to have a couple up during it. Uh, I am worried about Billy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He did cop a bump. He did cop the headshot. uh, Bad cork from Bo Scott. I'm really hoping that there's not too much more to that knee and that it holds up, but we'll uh, have to wait and see as we go further into the year, but... I thought he was outstanding. A couple of line breaks in the match winner. Smith, his best running game this year, and I think it showed. Yeah. 120 metres out of dummy half. Good kicking and control. Well, he was my best on ground. He well, he, he compensated game. for Cronk big time. Yeah. But I still thought Widop has been in better form. And CC Wong, I want to give him a wrap. That bloke. Yeah, he's a weapon. A couple of years ago when he debuted at the Roosters, I could understand why he got a couple of games and got the flip. I yeah. thought you'll never see him again. But the overhead grab, the try, 180 metres, he's probably one of our better... Dummy half options. He's an extra forward for us. And uh, as far as Newcastle, I what are you supposed to say? They had one forward have a crack, and it's been the same bloke the last six to eight weeks. It's Cade Snowden. Yeah. And I thought their backs did all the damage. Yeah, they uh, did. Gay guy, Uade, Leilua, they all made over 100 metres. Uade, 170 on return. Boyd was quiet again. McManus was good, but when you're three or four backs, you're top metre makers, there's a problem. Yeah, there is a problem. They need more from the front, and they need to expand. We've said it. They need to break the shackles. Wayne Bennett needs to come out of his shell get to scrap this Dragons game plan. you got the same players. It's not working. Well, I thought they, they tried some stuff, uh, some different stuff on the weekend. Uh, but I don't know whether that was on the back of Mullen doing video by himself um, or Bennett actually implementing it. So um, I, I don't want to question question his coaching ability because he's, he's got the best record ever. Mm. Um, I'm not questioning his it does, ability, it does seem like adapt. he's struggling to sort of work it out that's for sure well that group I think yeah but at the same time he took those key components for the same plan I like the way that when he moved from the Broncos he changed you know his kind of style when he got to the Dragons yeah to compensate I think he's got a better starting base when he got to Newcastle realistically attacking no, wise sorry attacking wise with Jamie Soward and no. Ben Hornby's arms no I just think the Dragons were a side that were just they needed a little bit of discipline. They needed polish. They had the they side there to win it. Well, I don't, think, I don't think. I don't think Newcastle got the side there to win it. I think he bred them into a side that could win it. They didn't have any attacking now. So they used to grind people out of the game. Obviously, the Newcastle players don't have that mind state because he can't get them to replicate. I, that I, just, I disagree. I don't, I don't think they got. He's got as good of a roster. Where he's I now. think he's got more attack, but he's trying to push that Dragons football where they score once or twice and grind it out, and they don't have the mental now. So, well, the rules are changing too. It doesn't. Um, you know, you're not going to get rewarded for that style of game plan now mm. as what you were three or four years ago. 
he doesn't have those players. He had those rugged players at the Dragons, I think, that were made for that brand of football. Yeah. And he had a very basic pair of halves, so it suited him. But he's got more weapons here. Roberts and Mullen should be two of the best attacking halves in the comp, or better halves. I think he needs to open things up a little more. Yeah, they're, sh- they're struggling at the nine position as well, which isn't helping. Um, yeah, that's obviously why they've gone on the market to get Gower, but I don't know whether that's going to work either. He played well on the weekend, but... Yeah, he did have a good game. And I think Waddell hasn't been doing such a bad job, to be honest. But yeah. uh, Warriors with a third game and four in a row now, absolutely outstanding by those boys. People say they can't travel, or they proved just wrong there, and they started very fast. Mm. Oh, it's not that they can't travel. Um, it's just that, you know, when they go into to slumps, they're big slumps, but they when they go on a roll, they're big rolls as well. So uh, this was a, a cracker performance by the Warriors. They probably could have won by more. Uh, they uh, they skipped away to a nice lead, and then, uh, I don't know how, but the Roosters managed to lead at half-time. It seemed a little bit strange. Uh, but to be fair, the Roosters sort of never looked like they were going to win this game. Uh, the Warriors, the tries that they did score were probably... Uh, a little bit against the flow of the game um, when they actually had some some setups and some chances to, to camp on the on the Roosters' line. They they made errors, but, uh, I mean, he's unlocked the key to this side, Matty Elliott. Hold the footy. And, and I said it last week, if they get 75% of possession, they're going to beat a lot of sides, and, and this was proven right again in this game. Yeah, well, you look at Fishiahe. How fast is that bloke? He's an absolute weapon. Good to see him. Breaking open space after early on, he didn't quite ground one that he picked up that a lot of people thought he should have scored. Yeah, uh, you know, Lamarpe, I said to you that I couldn't believe he dropped him after the way he started off at the start of this year. Yeah, he needs to be in that side somewhere. There's no doubt about that. Elijah Taylor, you were very impressed with him, obviously. Yeah, he was great. Uh, ran those lines, scored the first try. Uh, it just did a lot of dirty little clean up work. He's going to be great for Penrith next year. It was nice to see Manu. Manu. Well. Manu. Run away. And Run away. Nothing better than seeing that giant in flight with his metal teeth hanging out. I think he, uh, I think he might have pulled his hammy as well when he ran away in school. Well, you'd pull your hamstring if you're lugging the truck, truck trailer behind you as well. The yeah. uh, paid 200 metres, a couple of line breaks. The fish, very, very good. Taylor, as you've mentioned. And I think Johnson, I said it a couple of a weeks ago after that beatdown, I think he's realised that it doesn't matter who's there. He's a very, very good player. He has the ability to put them on their shoulders if he wants to. It's just about being, you know, mentally in that way. And I think a good moment that shows that he's turned the corner is running down Michael Jennings. Yeah, definitely. That, that kind of play. But he he's, a, he's a confidence player. He's a real confidence player. So, um, but see, I, I'm, I'm kind of past that point too. Because when they got beat by 64, if he was a confidence player, I think he's just realised that you're going to be in a half in the NRL. It doesn't matter how the result is. You've got to turn up every week, yeah. put your leader's hat on and decide to take him forward regardless of what's happened the week before. Yeah, he's, he's only young though. So, um, you know, he, he's developing, developing nicely. Mm. Start of the year, I was sort of questioning where he was going and what he was doing, but uh, at the <coughs> moment, um, he, he's definitely <coughs> a player on the up, that's for sure. Yeah, well, Martin Kennedy picked for the Queensland side. He had a pretty strong game again. Sam Moe returned, so uh, yeah. I've been going on. Well, the, I've got some stat locks and stats here, percentage, uh, completion rates. Now, they're on a four-match run here, the, the Warriors. They, against Newcastle, they won. They completed at 68. The week after, against the Broncos, they completed at 78. Against Manly, they completed at 79. And then this weekend, 83. Yeah, well, they're getting so it just shows bigger, you bigger that, scalps. That, yeah, it just shows you that if, if they can hold the ball, um, their attacking ability is second to none. N- name me a side in the competition that's going to cause you more problems uh, on your line or just trying to defend them in general? Well, only, the only team I can compare them size and skill-wise is Canberra. Well, Canberra. And the same thing. Loaded. Same thing. Canberra at the moment are holding the ball. 
and they get wins. and they're smashing teams exactly. But I think probably experience-wise in the halves, that camera's probably a little better off. But yeah. Johnson's more of a weapon, uh, attacking-wise, running the football than you get out of Campese. Yeah. He's more of a conductor. But definitely uh, leave that one behind. I thought, like I said, Kennedy, good to see Moa back. Sheck and Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill was quiet for a few weeks, so good to see him put a, a stamp on a game. But yeah, he's just not getting much help at the moment. Sonny I, Bill. So I think they have to be really wary of the Warriors going forward. I've had a look this week. That's their bogey team. There's a three week. There's a three win gap. It's sixteen to twelve as far as getting into the eight. But realistically, you need three wins to overtake eighth place. Yeah. The only team I really see coming out of that, uh, you know, with the Origin effect. And players on deck, I really see the Warriors as really probably one of the only teams that could hunt down somebody in that eight. Yeah. And uh, my God, if they do, look out for them. Because when they went on a run the other year to make that grand final, everyone was surprised, and I, I can kind of see some shades of that happening again. But I'm not uh, going to go that far yet. But oh, I'm not not saying go that far. But they've so. got a good run in the uh, in the upcoming weeks. Obviously, they've got the bye. Uh, they then play the Broncos, who they've just flogged. Uh, and then see us in a bye. So mm. there's a nice little run coming up for them. Mm. Well, the Monday night game, uh, the Broncos, 32-12 to 12 over the Tigers, and there's only one way I can explain this, Dower. Mm. It was uh, a stinker. Just absolutely saddening by the Tigers' performance. 7-1, to one, they got done in the line breaks. 19-6 to six in the offloads. They lost the penalty count 10-5. Uh, just dumb stuff. Uh, Masada's trip. Ava comes on and hits Norman in the air when he didn't need to. Blake Aceford runs himself over the sideline and so did Joel Reddy. Yeah. And they lost the error count. They made twice as many errors, 8-4. Their attack was pedestrian. Absolutely pedestrian. Well, you know I, you're struggling when you've well, got Well, their run Benji. meters, I, and I, last night I thought their run meters would be below 1,000. So Horrible. I'll stand corrected. It was 1,160. Uh, but the Broncos made 1,600. Exactly. So, you know, but almost only- a third more uh, than what the Tigers managed. They just... The Broncos, every time they got the ball, they were almost in good ball or, or your sort of yellow areas, you know. They, they were never sort of bringing the ball back off their line. Well, the only shade of attack come from, you know, a back row who's been injured for four weeks. Yeah. Fulton ran a nice outline and snuck a grubber in, which caught them off guard, and Tedesco grabs the try. Uh, but I, I said it earlier. I thought I thought Isefa's one was a try as well. I didn't think the, the man I'm with got you. pushed over impeded that at all. I thought, if anything... The Broncos defenders forced him mm. to go into the end goal as they enclosed on a Sefer. And he went to the side. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I thought that was a try. Just easy metres. And Gillette, that try, how do you stand on the spot and beat four blokes and then go over? Like, yeah. A moment like that. And then that rubbish defence where they got two grubbers off in a five-metre corridor to score. Yeah. And then Scotty Prince yeah. rolls you. Scotty Prince holds, gets held by Benji Marshall. Yeah. Why is Benji Marshall not power slamming that bloke? He's half his size. Because they're lovers. Fulton misses they're him. They're ex-lovers, those two. Blair misses him. Like, if Scott Prince beats three guys going to the line like that from a standing start, you've got a serious problem. Yeah. No different in the second half. Paper-thin defence by the Tigers. Poor attack. And what gave me the, you know, the ear, it's more than anything. I said this to you watching it. They were making 30 metres in a set from their own half. <laughs> and they were running on the last tackle <laughs> and, and putting it. a 10-metre grubber in. <laughs> you are on your 30, Benji Marshall, and you have one of the biggest boots in the Smoke game. It. Use your brain, put it on your foot, maybe put them back in their own end. You I know what was irritating, irritating me uh, more was that they couldn't just realise that they weren't making any yards typically weren't. sideways. Tuck the ball under your arm for four and kick it. Kick the ball, you know, you've got the fullback, find some grass and just try and flip the field. But They don't get beaten by 32. It was a tactic. They don't, I don't care what you say. It they was don't a get, tactic. They don't get beaten by 32 if he grows a brain and buries it a few times. Mick Potter, Mick Potter obviously thought that they could 
bring the Broncos wingers up and cause some issues, but it just was executed like shit. Rubbish. Blake Ashford, bad on his return. I thought Nofaluma got hurt early on. He disappeared. He's been great so far, but yeah. once oh, the, the, Broncos st- forwards, once the, the strapping went on his knee, Nofaluma, uh, Joe already, my God. He, <laughs> play, he played for City, people. Well, Joe already played for City. He's in my top five worst first graders. Right you know what? Uh, just... But yeah, late on in the piece, they, they jagged a late try. Siao Su, who was, you know, probably not too bad for, you know, only being a baby, he had a, a red hot go. But I just, yeah, there's nothing positive I can bring out of this. There was stupid errors. No, it was rubbish. Killed themselves in the penalty count. Move on. And if you're on your own 30, Benji Marshall, I, s- I swear to God, just yeah. kick the ball, mate. You've got one of the biggest legs in the game. He's, uh, he's a player much out of form, Benji well, Marshall. Let's I'm going to just, just drop it right here. If you're worth $800,000, where? He's not. You wouldn't even get a minimum wage for me at the moment. Yeah. I'd ship you off to French rugby or something else. And I know... He'd be lucky to get 400000 People are going to argue with me about Farah and they've had injuries and they've had this and that. Well, there's plenty of other sides that are doing well without a marquee player like that. Yep. All right? Agreed. So, but I think Corey Parker, 185 metres, eight offloads, a line break. Ben Hennett hasn't played for about six weeks. They let him make 190 metres and, you know... Yeah. Josh Hoffman... Move on. Move on. Maguire, Gillette, it's just, all these blokes just absolutely ran a muck, and there's nothing positive. I can't hide that was anyone. A, it was an easy kill for Brisbane. They needed that. Fulton was the best player for the Tigers, and Aaron Woods even nursed on short minutes, 140 and 34. So that wraps up the reviews for this week. Uh, we'll get into the degenerate gamble section. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Cenobet and fire up. Download the Cenobet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get on to www.cenebet.com and register now or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Cenebet, fire up. Alrighty, time now for our Cenebet.com degenerate gambler section brought to you by Cenebet. Make sure you get on to the app store, download the Cenebet app and get it on your mobile and fire up. Thanks to them, we get to give away two $300 bets every week and have a $100 bet for charity. Four games this weekend, so let's start over to Brock. What have we got this weekend, Brock? A shortened round. Friday night, the Dogs at home at ANZ Stadium. Uh, they face the Roosters. Dollar forty, the Dogs. Three dollars the Roosters. The start is seven and a half to the Chooks. Yeah, this one for me is probably the hardest one out of all of them because they lose Reynolds and Morris, and I know the Roosters lose their halves, but they've still got so much strike on the field. Yeah, I like the Dogs head-to-head in that one. I think dollar forty, they should win that game, that's for sure. Uh, the second game, Saturday night, the West Tigers, they're at home to the Canberra Raiders. Two sixty the Tigers, dollar fifty the Raiders. The start is six to the Tigers. Yeah, well no Woods, no Farrah. Absolutely zero heart, even with uh Canberra missing a few of their own. Chillington's playing, he's yep. gotta be angry. He got dropped, so uh yeah, I'd be going Canberra and that one dollar fifty I'd load up. Yeah, for sure. Uh the Sunday game, the only Sunday game, Sunday afternoon, Parramatta Eels, three dollars forty, they take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. At dollar thirty-three, the start is a nine and a half to the Eels. Now this is a Parramatta home <coughs> game at South's home ground. Oh, that's a bit confusing. Well, but uh, South's even without a couple of players, and now Merritt out. They've got good depth. Pete's Clark, all these kind of blokes, they'll come in. Just yeah, especially with uh, Power with no Hain. They've still got their halves and Luke, so they've got enough of their spine to compensate. Yeah, the last game, the Gold Coast Titans at home on Monday night to the Melbourne Storm. The Gold Coast dollar thirty-eight, Melbourne three dollars ten, and the start is eight to the Storm. Well, with us missing four of our players, I think that's pretty straightforward. You guys have got a pretty good side without that. You have got your halves, Zilman, Idris, Harrison's obviously been dropped, yep. Taylor. 
Uh, I think you guys, and I think the eight is probably not that bad value. Yeah, for sure. Um, our current charity balance, we uh, we backed the Cowboys to win head-to-head last week. So we're up to in between $350 and $400 we've raised so far. Um, we're three out of four with our, with our tips. So um, start following us before we fall off the face of the earth. Mm. Um, this week, our bet is going to be uh, the Gold Coast Titans minus the eight at a dollar ninety. I think, uh, yeah, pretty good value. They've obviously still got some pretty good strike players in their side. Melbourne missing those four. They've already had five debutants, so you think uh, weak in a few spots. They'll put up a fight, but uh, the Gold Coast, they can score points. I think they'll uh, open up, especially up at Skill Park. Well, it's a game we have to win, that's for sure. Mm. And that's the Degenerate Gambler section brought to you by Sanabet.com. So now I'll move on to Mr. Gossip. Now it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And now we welcome back Mr. Gossip. And, mate, I'm sorry, but I've run out of intros. I'm going to need to bust out the whiteboard and try and sort something out. Yeah, Brock's uh, out, out of action tonight. He's gone to watch the Socceroos play. So he's done the first half, and then he's pulled the arrow and hold on me. Uh, half his luck, mate. Oh, he's going to miss out on all the fun anyway. What's cooking this week, mate? Uh, well, geez, there's lots to talk about as far as dramas off the field. I guess it doesn't get any bigger than Blake Ferguson. And today we heard that, um, you know, he may get sacked. Uh, but look, the mail I'm getting is that the Raiders won't sack him. Uh, they'll put him through an extensive rehab program. Um, whether that's the right thing to do or not, I'm not too sure. But, look, I guess if you're on the board of the Raiders and you look at, um, you know, you've lost Todd Carney, you've lost um, uh, Dugan as well, yeah, where do you draw the line, you know? Yeah, and we've just had a talk about this before. It's at the point now where, you know, it's it's not... It's none of this is Cameron's fault. I think a lot of people get mistaken... For that they put things in place, but it almost seems to be the moment somebody does well down there, Sydney's comes calling, and that's where everyone wants to go. So it's almost like a, a get out of jail free card. Anyone that's not allowed to go just seems to get on the drink or play up, and the next thing you know, they're at a Sydney club. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, I feel sorry for all the Raiders fans, and yeah, it's just, it's just not on. But um, yeah, look, they like I said, they've got to draw a line, draw a line in the sand somewhere, and they did the right thing, I guess, with. With Carney and with Dugan, but I think now with Blake Ferguson, they've learned a lesson, and um, they might give him three or four chances. <laughs> yeah, well, it's at that point where you know it's either he has to go as well. In in that situation, you'd have to think, and I, I think I've said this to you, I've said this to Brock. I think for somebody to get scrap heaped from bad behaviour, then another club pick it up. Uh, EJ Roosters make a grand final, get a Dalian medal, and now the Dragons have Dugan for five weeks. He's back playing for New South Wales, like. Uh, there's got to come a point where if somebody messes up and they've been signed with the club, that they either have to give a player or give compensation, you know, as far as their salary cap or something for camera. That there has to be something coming to play. You can't keep picking up superstars and losing them. No, I agree. I think I heard Ryan Girdler on, on radio uh, last week say that they just should just be forced to sit out the season. Yes, they can train with the team. That's fine, but they should be forced to sit out the whole season. Mm. I'm, I'm 100%. There has to be some other alternative other than getting a free pass to a Sydney club or you know a place of their choosing where they seem to reform and be happy once again. Yeah, absolutely. And still on the Raiders, mate, Sam Williams. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him in the Red V sooner rather than later. Uh, we've all heard during the week that Jamie Sowell's now on his way to England. 
Um, so yeah, mate. Well, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm, I'm pretty keen to see uh, Sam Williams back in first grade. Yep. Are we talking mid-year transfer? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Mate. Same deal. Well, it doesn't really surprise you now. Uh, Raiders doing pretty well with McCrone and Campesi, and obviously Milford, and they've still got Cornish in waiting. So, out of all the halves backed up right now, you'd have to think Williams is on the outer. And uh, who knows? They they might run the rest of the year with him and Drinkwater together and see if one of them is going to fit in well with Whittle. Mate, that's the plan. I just know Sam Williams that he's asking a bit too much money, and they're negotiating that now. So, if they can knock that down a little bit, we'll definitely see him playing for the Red Bay. Mm, not a bad move at all by the Dragons. What else is in the pipe, mate? I've got Tyrone Peacher, the young shark, has just signed a deal with the Panthers uh, for two years. Good young player. Uh, you rate him, mate, or what? I uh, definitely rate him. Played against him, too. He's an absolute freak. Not not the biggest bloke in the world, but he's got every skill in the bag, just like uh, David did. Very, very good player. Yeah, that's good. Uh, mate, the Warriors, now, they've got a whole country to choose from. We always hear about how good their Holding Cup team is and how they're juniors. But instead of picking a, a prop from their own backyard, they've gone to England and they've signed the Warrington Wolves prop there, Glenn Riley. Uh, I can't make any sense of this one. Yeah, well, I think, uh, did he play in that Exiles game the other day, if I'm correct? Yeah, yeah, he did. I haven't seen the, the, the game yet, but I'm pretty sure he was in it. If he's, I haven't seen him before to that game, but if he's the one I think he was, he was a starting bloke in the headgear. He seemed to have a bit of an offload, but... Uh, then again, no, like everyone, they, they, their commentators were talking up that Exiles game. That Exiles team, the halves were Michael Dobson and Travis Burns. So <laughs> if that's how they're going to gauge how they're going to beat Australia and Tony Politua starting front row, who hasn't played here in donkey's years, well, then they've got another thing coming when they play us in the World Cup. No, that's right. Politua's been coming off the bench with some Helens and playing like a busted anyway. But mm. yeah, very strange, mate. Now, um, Josh Dugan now, another one that's... Uh, in a bit of strife this week. Now, the Dragons were, were, had put to him a $2.8 million deal uh, over four years. Now, Dugan and his management team sat down and had a little look at it. Uh, but now I think the Dragons may just uh, withdraw that offer and maybe reduce it by a couple of, couple of thousand after this week's off-field antics. Yeah, well, like I said, no one can prove... Uh, involvement, but I think it's just more a letdown to everybody after watching in the last couple of weeks and hoping that he'd be uh, more pumped up to go play for New South Wales rather than hit the pubs with the bloke that uh, was with him when he got sacked at the start of the year. But uh, we, we've spoken yeah, about it before, mate. It's the old school scenario, isn't it? You sit with your best mate, you think everything's going to go well, you always end up in trouble. Exactly. And it's all about perception, and these blokes are going to understand that, you know. Mm. He's, you know he's guilty by association, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now the Panthers. Now they've re-signed quite a few players this week. They've re-signed uh, Adam Docker and Nigel Plum, the Bash Brothers, as they call them, mm. and Isaac John as well. Now they're lucky to get uh, Isaac John. The Panthers. The Broncos had offered almost twice the amount, um, but you know he stuck loyal to Ivan Cleary for giving him a go. And yeah, it's just something you don't see that often in rugby league. So yeah, good on Isaac for for staying with the Panthers. Yeah, that's uh, you know, exactly what you've just said there. A br- brilliant thing to see a young bloke sticking to his guns. And I think it's not only good that he's with Ivan and Ivan's taken him on board, but he's also got Matt Robinson, uh, Louis Brown, a couple of blokes that have you know kind of been shipped over as well with him. So he probably feels very comfortable at the Panthers and they're heading in the right direction anyway. No, yeah, well, that's right, exactly. Now, Harry Syker, uh, the former New South Wales under-20s captain, he left the Panthers, as we know, in the last year, went over to the Warriors. Didn't get a run, played with the Vulcans. 
He's not happy over there. They released him last week. Now, I'm hearing he's negotiating with two clubs at the moment. That's the Dragons and the Eels. So, look, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I don't think he cost anyone too much money. But, look, a player who, who you know, everyone was talking about two or three years ago, but I think a few injuries and, and that tampered him a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, Parramatta. I'm looking at that one right now and just kind of scratching my head. Sandow's still chewing up an absolute fortune. Norman's on the way. Uh, I don't know what Kelly's situation is. He's obviously not one of those 12 that was named, so you'd think they've got enough there at the moment to, to curb that habit instead of picking up him. The Dragons, it's, you know, a couple of young blokes, Williams, that I can kind of understand them trying to trial. They're losing both their halves, but uh, at the same time, yeah, from what I've seen of those Vulcans games, I, do, I definitely tell you he wasn't happy, but I didn't think he was playing that crash one either. under-20s and thought he was really good, but I think the Panthers, they just kept him in uh, under-20s too long and he didn't sort of get to play against real men. And now that he's over there with the Balkans, he's, he struggled a little bit. So mm. I guess he's a victim of being staying in that under-20s comp for too long. Mm. Well, hopefully he finds uh, a bit more spark and a bit more vibe because obviously at the moment he's a little bit down on everything, hadn't, having to had to move away and not crack it at Penrith. So best of luck to the young bloke. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, Brett White has uh, re-signed with the Raiders for one more year. We were just saying off air that the best way to, to get re-signed with the Raiders is to be injured. Yeah, well, I, like I just said to you, if uh, I should have maybe got injured a little more severely, I might have got re-signed as well. <laughs> it seems that mine wasn't good enough to keep me on board. I needed to tear a pec muscle off the bone or do my do my ACL, do both of my ACLs. Yeah, yeah. everything any time over, mate. Yeah, well, one more year, uh, you kind of wonder... You know, they've got Vaughan, young Vaughan's come in. You've obviously still got Tills, Shillington. They've got a, a mint of forwards. I know Thompson's moving on, but uh, there's still a fair bit there in the way of front rowers. So one year, I, I'm just hoping they didn't break the bank, and I doubt they would have. Yeah, no, I'd say he'd come on the cheap, and I think it's more of a loyalty thing for Brett. So that's good for him. Now, Albert Kelly, uh, signing for two more years with the Titans. Uh, a lot of people sort of underhearted in the beginning for him to come across the Gold Coast, but he's playing really well, I think. Oh, mate, I said to Brock uh, before, I'm pretty sure New South Wales born, and, you know, if, if someone was to tell me tomorrow that a halfback was to go down, no offence to Adam Reynolds, I think he's kind of been brushed to the side and it's hurt his confidence, but Albert Kelly right now, uh, for me, is probably the best halfback in the comp on form. Oh, on form, absolutely. He's got that X factor. He's, he's a yeah. he's a great young fella. His defence has really picked up too, which is great to see. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it's it, nothing is half-hearted with Albert Kelly. He doesn't take the line on half-hearted. He doesn't do anything unless it's 100 miles an hour. And for a kid to make that many line breaks for the size that he is and some of the shots he put on defence, he's just got ruthless intent in everything he does. And uh, it's great to see the bloke reach his potential because when he was at Parramatta when I was a junior... He was, you know, he was a phenom. He was the next big thing. He kind of went off the rails. But you look at it now and just think, well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's a bit of a fairy tale. Good on him. Mm, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, the last one I got for the night, mate, um, the Broncos. Now, they're super, super keen on Ben Barber. We know the Gold Coast Titans were rumoured to be interested, but can't right to come out during the week saying, no, that's not the case. Um, but look, I do know for sure the Broncos are very keen on Benny. Uh, they've got the money. Um, they've got the third party. They've got everything to get him across. So I guess it's just, I guess, a personal thing now with Benny to see is, you know, what, what his uh, missus wants to do. Um, and also, too, if the Bulldogs are that keen on Izzy Falau, 
they're going to have to make some room. Mm. That's what I'm kind of looking at here, thinking to the style of play, and I think, I think we spoke about this last week, that the Bulldogs, you know, uh, are accustomed to, do you see them working without Ben Barber if they put Falao in there? Because uh, I think you said it, he, at least 40% or is it 60% or something like that last year of the tries, he either scored or he was involved in. Yeah, well, that's right. And that, that's why the big, I think the first podcast we did, I said the Bulldogs were the biggest sliders and just make the eight. And mm. it looks like the case now. I think they just made the eight for the first time this year, last week. So, mm. And they struggled big time without him. So they will struggle big time without him. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not to say that Israel Falau can't pick up the pieces, but yeah, it'll take him a while. That's with him with Sonny Bill to sort of get into the full swing of things. Well, I suppose the question is, he's been playing fullback in rugby. Are they looking to pick him up as a fullback, or is he going to go in the centres? Because you'd have to think with the build, well, build of him at the moment, he's still, he looks like he's ready to play fullback, not centre. Yeah, well, that's it. I think, I think fullback is where they want him to play. And look, I think the Bulldogs are just talking with Israel Folau now because they know that Benny Barber is being headhunted. So if Benny goes, at least they've got a plan B. Because, I mean, if they let Benny go... And they don't have anyone there as backup. The fans will just riot. You know, they'll say, why was there no plan B? So I think it's just more of a plan B thing for them. Yeah, well, you definitely think with a Dalian medalist who's only a baby that you'd uh, be virtually certain that if you were going to pursue the Israel Folau uh, situation, that it was a guarantee before you let uh, a player of Ben Barber's quality go. Right, so these are the two richest clubs in the NRL, the Bulldogs and the Broncos. So it's not going to be a, a matter of, of money or third party. Like I said, it's just going to be a matter of, I guess, family and, and a few other things as well. Oh, well, we'll have to keep our eyes on that and uh, see how it plays out over the next yep. couple of weeks then. For sure. All right, well, just before we get into our tips and get a bit of an update there, uh, what are your thoughts on the changes? Obviously, Hayne out of the New South Wales side that, that didn't want to take him while he was injured, so Dugan's in. And uh, unfortunately, we all know about the, the Ferguson situation we spoke about. Nathan Merritt gets the call-up. So, uh, and Aaron Woods, debut. Very good player for Tarmel and the Drinky Drink. So what, what are your thoughts, mate? <laughs> New South Wales, still a chance? Yeah, I think there's still a chance, mate. Um, if anything, I think all these off-field dramas have, have probably helped the Blues. You, a, lot of t- a lot of time you see teams that hit adversity, they, they pull closer together. Um, who knows, the Queenslanders might take them a bit lightly thinking that they've had a disrupted preparation. So all the mind games kick in now. I think all the players that New South Wales have selected will, will do a good job. I mean, it's not going to be hard to lift for a, you know, a game up in Queensland. So it's not mm. going to be a matter of that. So yeah, it's, it's been but, a... uh, good on them though, for, for, I guess, going with Merritt. Personally, I wouldn't have picked Merritt. Um, I would have gone with probably Idris on the wing. But look, I think the guys that have selected will do a good job. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. A lot of people have been a bit argy-bargy, like it's a hate thing. It's not a hate thing. He's a great finisher. Uh, he's lightning quick, but I just think for that arena, you need somebody uh, in the mould of a George Tafua or a James McManus, someone who's going to get metres out of dummy half and is safe as a bank. But uh, uh, Queensland, this is the first time in a long time you've seen them not stick loyal. Obviously, Ashley Harrison, uh, a bit behind the eight ball for the speed of that game in game one, lacking with impact. He's gone. Shillington in bad form, can't even get a start for the Raiders. So McQueen moves into the back row with Parker. Uh, Nate Miles is pushing up front, and now we've got Papali and Cherry Evans in the side. What are your thoughts on theirs? Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hell of a reshuffle. Uh, I, I, I like this Queensland team. I think it's much, much better than their, uh, the first team they had. I like Daly Cherry Evans coming off the bench. Um, and I wouldn't all be surprised this time. They rumoured about it last for, for the first game, but I think... Um, 
Greg Inglis will play more of a roaming role. I'd like to see him at fullback. Yeah, well, I, I kind of thought there's no doubt that he'll be playing a bigger role as far as getting off that left edge and probably double teaming with Billy Slater hovering around the middle. But uh, I, I kind of thought that Papali and Taylor would have been two ins with Gillette and Teo and get rid of Harrison Chillington. I think that bench would have matched up much better to compete with ours. But, uh, you know, Cherry Evans, he'll come on. He's a great ball runner. Papali's a sledgehammer, so in a short burst, I think he'll be good for him. And uh, Parker definitely had to start. Mate, I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. And uh, a funny thing today on on Twitter, I um, I mentioned that you know I, I would have had Idris um, over Merritt, and someone slammed me saying that oh it's because he's indigenous. And I said, well, where do you think Idris is from? He's not from Russia. I was going to say he's Nigerian, or <laughs> Aboriginal, or something like that as well. So whoever, whoever called that one out, I think they need to sort themselves out. Oh, think of, but anyway. Alrighty then. Well, we've got our tips updated. You're leading from the front, as usual, 74. Brock's on 68. And I've clawed two back this week from uh, two of my upsets, so 67. I'm still a fair way off the pace, but I'm telling you, I'm going to keep punching in the dark until I get back. Yeah, mate, geez, I was close with the roughy. Geez, the Titans almost come up good against the Rabbitohs. They're unlucky. No, I got, uh, got two that I was after. I obviously got the Warriors, and I think it was the uh, Cowboys, or was it the Dragons? One, one of the two I went, but I got bombed on the Tigers, unfortunately. And yeah, let, let yeah me down. Oh, mate, that was uh, a very bland game. But moving on to this week's, we've got the, the Doggies and the Roosters on Friday night. That one will be a bit calmer than the first one this year, I think. So uh, I think I'm, for this one... I'm going to have to go the Dogs. The Roosters losing both their halves. Uh, Centre as well. I know they've still got a, a pretty awesome side. Kennedy probably won't be there, but Sonny Bill, uh, the two wingers, the fullback, they, they've still got enough weapons there, I think, to get the job done. Uh, oh, sorry, the Dogs, I think, will get the job done. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to go the Bulldogs as well. I think Orbison is playing at 5-8 for the Roosters, so that'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, I, think, I think the Dogs will get a uh, similar five back in the side player who I really, really love watching Timmy Lafayette play. Might have a bit of money on him for first try scorer. Yeah, and Jolly Romolo got man of the match last time in the halves, so you know they're not going to lose too much with who they bring in. He's a great player. He's something that the Cowboys should look at for next year. Well, I even thought uh, Parramatta, because they're trying to offload Keating and Nathan Smith. I don't know why you don't pick him up on the cheap and just offer him a chance to play first grade for a year while they reassess the situation. Absolutely, he's a great young guy. You know, and if it's a two-year deal, you get the same luxury the Bulldogs do. You've got a great backup nine and a great backup half. That's right. Yeah, he's a terrier, that boy. Mm, exactly. Uh, we've got the Tigers and the Raiders. Uh, Tigers are the home team in this one. Uh, no Robbie Farrar, no Aaron Woods. That's the heart and soul of their team this year. So even the Raiders, after a bit of controversy and losing a few, they've still got some guns. Terry Campese is still there. That, that ship will be guided nice. I think the Raiders will win again. Yeah, the 89 grand final replay. Best game I've ever seen. Uh, look, I think the Raiders will uh, will get them again, just like they did the 89 grand final. Good times. Eels and Rabbits. Uh, this one for me. Eels home game, I think, but at the Rabbits home ground. <laughs> I, I don't like quite figure that one out. The Rabbits have lost some players, but they showed last time great depth. Jason Clark. Nathan Peets, these sort of blokes come in. They got the job done against Newcastle, who have a much better side than Parramatta. Parramatta, no offence, but uh, I don't think things are going to get any better any soon. Some of those debut players seem to have lost a bit of that spark you do when you've played a few games and uh, feel on the grind of the NRL football. So I think the Rabbitohs will get home. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. The, the Eels haven't been too bad. They've been competing for sort of 
you know, 55, 60 minutes, then then just drop off. And the, the Rabbitohs really haven't been seen a well on for the past couple of weeks. So I think it'll be a close one, but I think this class will get the eels in the end. I think the Rabbitohs will get them. In the last game of the round, uh, me versus Brock, Titans versus the Storm, unfortunately without the Origin Stars, so not going to be too much bragging rights, but uh has to be the Titans for me. They get Harrison back. Uh, Dave Taylor obviously should be stinging. Great pair of halves that are unaffected. William Zillman, Jamal Idris, you'd have to think with what they've got on the park. Uh, Melbourne pushing Whittock back to fullback. Slade Griffin playing nine. It's, it's a very readjusted side, that's for sure. Yeah, I think the Titans will get him as well. Um, look for a big game from Edris. I think he was unlucky enough to get selected for New South Wales and will probably try and push his cause for, for game three. Um, yeah, it should be a good game though. Even though the Origin starts around, I'm looking forward to the song. It should be a good one. Yeah, well, from my perspective, I think it'll be good to uh, watch Ben Hampton play in the halves. He's uh, potentially one of the replacements along with Brett Finch next year. Uh, you know, Widop, I know he's taken off, so it's, it's probably not a bad time to push him out of the way and Slade Griffin, I know a player that Brock really likes. He, he was traditionally a nine. He didn't know that, so it should be interesting to see how he goes in first grade as a hooker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I said, it should be a good game. Yeah, most definitely. Well, it seems like uh, no one's going to be making any ground up on that round. We're all dead even. Brock has the Dogs, the Raiders, the Rabbits, and the Titans as well, so we've gone the Pokies, free spins. <laughs> I've gone dead rubbers, mate. Oh, mate. We'll have to make our money up at Centibet. That's right, Centibet will have to get something cracking outside of our tips because there's no progress going to be made on the tipping chart this week. Well, that'll be my bet, mate. I think Tim will find the first try scorer for the Bulldogs. That'll be my tip of the round. Well, our charity bet this week, uh, after getting up on the Cowboys last week, which was very, very good, we're going to take the Titans minus eight, I think. I don't think they'll blow Melbourne out of the water, but I think they'll have at least two tries over Melbourne. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, mate. Well, thanks for all the dirt and the inside mood as always, and we'll uh, catch up with you next week. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, brother. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Hey, mate. As always, a very big thank you to Mr. Gossip. Now with the hashtags, you can catch him on there. He'll be hashtagged all over our page, NRL Gossip. Uh, head up to the search bar on Facebook and type in NRL Gossip and on Twitter, at NRL Gossip also. So now that moves us into the wrap-up of this podcast. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained, and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com Well, that concludes another episode of the 5th and Last NRL Podcast. So, as always, a big thank you to Mr. Gossip and also Cenobet. Uh, for supplying their charity bet and the two free giveaways. Keep your eyes out on Friday and Monday nights. It'll be one Friday night game. Guess the correct score or closest to it to win a $100 free bet. And the Monday night game is exactly the same. The correct score or closest to the correct score, first one posted on the page, will be the winner of the $100 bet from Cenobet. But wrapping things up, if you want to get into contact with us, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at fifth and last, that's the letter N, not the word and. Uh, on the email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And the most obvious place of all, Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. If you want to get the podcast, obviously fresh on iTunes every Wednesday, share that with your friends, love it, like it. Uh, also available on Podomatic. So get it on both of those if uh, you enjoy the podcast share it around uh, write a review for us if you could that'd be absolutely outstanding and give us a rating and uh, for the short and round guys enjoy love your rugby league and can't wait for the second installment of Origin next week enjoy guys bring it on give it-
give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? <laughs>